Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Explorative Podcast. Welcome back to Explorminate, folks. It's Battle Mode, and this week I've got Sean and Drexy with me. Say hi, guys. Hello, guys. Hi, everyone. And I think this week it's going to be a Commonwealth episode, obviously, because Rob's not around. He's doing Rob stuff, so we're just going to have a bit of a chat about games. But I think first, let's take a look at the news. So first off, Humankind has releasing its first DLC, The Cultures of Africa, which is featuring six cultures from Africa. Yeah, so I can see there's a list. I've got the Bantu, Garamanti, Swahili, Maasai, Ethiopians, and Nigerians, and now including new events and some new wonders. So it sounds like a half-decent DLC in there. I've still yet to play Humankind. I'm, I'm just hanging on for a little while because I want the game to have a little bit more polish. I've seen some of the feedback for people who are talking about humankind and there are a fair few people saying uh i don't think this game's quite ready for a dlc yet it needs more work on the base game that said there are other people who say the opposite so <laughs> just take that all with a grain of salt is there a big patch coming with this or is is that all we getting just new things because the game really needs a lot of work in my opinion yeah it doesn't mention anything about a patch i, I don't know if they usually release patches alongside updates for amplitude games yeah that's more of a paradox thing isn't it yeah, but I mean, they'd have separate teams too. You know, you'd have one team working on the DLC stuff and then someone else would be working on bug fixes and that. You would think like they're working in parallel. They're not all working on one thing at a time. So I don't know, maybe they're still working on bug fixes. We'll just have to wait and see, I guess. In the next piece of news, we've got a new DLC coming out for Imperiums called Rome versus Carthage. So this is Imperiums Greek Wars by Cube Games. It's a favorite game of mine now. I'm I, I really, really starting to enjoy this game a lot. Now the new DLC is basically centered around the war between Carthage and Rome, I understand. So I'm just going to read the blurb from the page. This is one of the most interesting periods of our history. Carthage rules most of the Mediterranean. The generals of Alexander the Great and his heirs fight with one another over his legacy. The Italian peninsula is on fire as the Etruscans and Samnites try to hold back the expansive Romans. And at the fringes of civilization, migrating nomadic tribes bring further chaos to already troubled times. I'm pretty sure this is the same period that the original Aggressors Ancient Rome game was set in. Maybe people can correct me there, but I feel like that this like Imperium seems to be now covering the time period that the that its predecessor game was in. If that's the case, that's great because it's an interesting time period. Yeah, um, I don't know if you guys have really played Imperiums very much yet, but it's I really like it. I'm I'm actually winding up to do a series on it for the channel. I just I happen to reread the manual and I've just been dead busy. But this is uh, this is something that was going to come out in the next couple of days. Yeah, I, I did play a bit in the past, and it's something I really need to get back to. And every time I, it's in the news, I'm like, oh, I really need to get back to that. But, you know, you know me, I'm playing silly games with my friends normally, so it's just finding the time, man. Yeah, it's, you know, I can't help but feel that this is one of the things that, that happened with Aggressors and uh, Imperiums when it was first released. It's like, I think people look at it and think, hey, that looks really cool, but they don't play it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm, and I'm, I'm trying to drum some support up for this game now because I actually ranked it as one of the better games. Uh, the DLC, which was Alexander, so that was the last DLC that came out. It was a really good game. So 
just dead quickly, one of the great things about Imperiums is not only is it like a historical war game in that you can start with a predetermined map that is historically, you know, relatively historically accurate and play through the scenario. You can also play it as a straight 4X game where it just procedurally generates a, you know, a completely random map, places the civilizations in there, and you can really highly customize it. And it's just for value for money, this is definitely one of the best historical 4X games. I rate it as better than any of the other historical 4X games that have come out just about. I think it's about on par with Old World. Old World's a lot more polished, and it's Old World is an undeniably good game. And um, you know, I'm not I'm not disputing that at all. Imperiums grabs me a little bit more just because I think it's a little bit more, it's just a little bit more battle mode. It's got all the mechanics behind it are actually quite complex. And I like complex games. Uh, Old World is very, very tight though. And they're, they're different games in, you know, in very different games. And I think you should go out and try them both because they're, they're both, both very, very different experiences, but they're both superb games in my opinion. All right. So coming up next, there's a new DLC coming out for Phoenix Point called Chaos Engines with a K. <laughs> it's the fifth DLC to be released. And it's coming out on 1st of March this year. And apparently it's only going to cost $5, US which seems pretty cheap. Uh, it's introducing the new faction called the Chaos Syndicate, which will sell weaponry, vehicle upgrades, and have new missions. Uh, so there'll be a new vehicle called the Chaos Buggy, which is a vehicle that has two weapons and looks like some sort of afterburner. New missions. Uh, there's four new missions from the Chaos Syndicate, and you can... Yeah, purchase weapons and technology to use in your regular game, new vehicle customization options, and new weapons. So it seems like for five bucks, it seems pretty substantial, I think. Also, there's update 14 that's come out for Phantom Brigade for Brace Yourself Games. So that is introducing graphics options. They're finally doing a pass on adding in all the graphics options and customization for the actual game. And then they're also including new armor, so new armor types and new models, and they're including new events on the map. And they've done some overhauls to the battle maps as well. So there's a bit in there. Next up, we've got the NPC leader reveal for Zephon. So as I understand it, this is the new game that's in development by Proxy Studios, who are behind uh, Warhammer 40k Gladius Relics of War, which is an excellent game. And I think they were, they also did Pandora First Contact, I think it's called. And uh, both games were fairly well regarded. In fact, uh, Gladius is a favorite of ours at Explorinix. So we're quite excited to hear about you know, what's going on with Zephon. But this NPC leader reveal, anyway, they're, they're basically giving some information about how NPCs work in-game and how you know, it just describes how, they, how you actually interact with them and how they interact with the rest of the, uh, the game mechanics. So go and check that out. That's on Steam. I'm not gonna, I don't know a lot about Zephon, actually. So I think it's best if you go and check that out yourself. They've posted some interesting photographs, and there's a video up on YouTube as well. So uh, yeah, go and check out Zephon. And next up, Master of Magic by Muha Games. There's a dev diary number seven, and this is talking about diplomacy. This is a game that is going to be close to my heart. I really right, love the original Master of Magic with Caster of Magic mod. I, I have to say that because I don't actually like the original game as much. But yeah, Muha look like they've made a really nice job of... I'm just looking, I'm just scrolling through the screenshots now. And I really like the UI aesthetic. I like the graphics. It looks a little bit like maybe like Age of Wonders 3 or something in the, in the tactical combat. But it's, it's hex-based now, but it, it looks like Master of Magic. It's recognizably a Master of Magic game. So again, go and have a look at the, uh, at the dev diary. Go read that through. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a really... A really nice implementation of modern technology to bring out the the best of what an old game can show because that really was the the core issue for people i think getting back into the original master of magic is that it's a game from 1995 i think or 94 it's really really old even when it was released it kind of looked old <laughs> it was it was a bit low budget so although you know i'm talking about the, the map graphics specifically the rest of the game was really really nicely done so yeah, go and check it out. They, they talk about the diplomacy. Um, they talk about AI personalities, swap items and spells with your, you know, with the opponents. There's some stuff to do with the battles and a load of more information there. So go and check that out. And lastly, the Settlers beta was held last weekend. I actually had a crack at it myself. There seems to be a lot of a very mixed response to this, and I kind of had a, had a mixed response as well. I am not very familiar with the Settlers franchise, but the impression that I got from it was sort of like. It was trying to be Age of Empires, but then have like minor supply chain mechanics, and it kind of didn't really know what it wanted to be. I, I don't know what they're going to do with it now because it's been delayed for years. So I don't know if they're going to go back and try and change things again or do something about it. But I 
hope they take the feedback on board because it wasn't great from what I saw. Yeah, that's a game I just completely passed on when I was younger. I just haven't played any of the Settlers games. On the recommendation of some of you from the community, uh, shouts out to Mormon Gill. He uh, he recommended that I get Settlers 2 Gold Edition or something like this. So I bought that on GOG <laughs> and I'm going to have a look at that and then you know, I'll see. Because apparently that's that's one of the best ones. And it's the one that, you know, at least he recommended to me as being the most representative of the best of what the series has got to offer. So I'm going to have a look at that and then see if I can, you know, get my head around it and then maybe have a look at this new Settlers game. But other than that, I don't know anything about it, I'm afraid. Yeah, for sure. I did a bit of reading about it as well. And I think the first two were the only ones that released two really, really good impressions. The rest of them kind of seemed to be received more poorly with each release. And now we're at this one. But I found on Uplay, you could get the entire collection for, I think it was 20 bucks. So I ended up getting that a while ago and I having me to have a crack at it. So I might do that as well. I think it's interesting because this is coming in context with talking about the Master of Magic remake by Muha. I'm really, really, I've got mixed feelings about game remakes. I think that like, I personally don't need a remake for Master of Magic. I think that the original stands up okay. And I understand why other people don't want to play it because it's so old and it's got that old DOS interface. Um, so, you know, some people don't want to get into that. I, I just don't have a problem playing old games so much. I can only go back so far. Prior to about 1988, that's about my limit, I think. Like, I've tried to play some really old DRPG games from the early 80s, like the original Ultima games, and I kind of struggle to hold my, my interest. I think, you know, as anything more than a sort of curator of gaming of gaming history it's very difficult to kind of get into older games unless you've unless you're really really patient or you've got a great imagination but i like i i just don't really see the need other than just purely financially for why these companies are re-releasing all these games that said some of them definitely are going to be popular like i'm sure master of magic is going to do really really well and like i said the original game was kind of dated looking even when it was released back in the 90s so um i i, I get it with that Settlers 2, though, I mean, like, I've, I've seen the uh, this this version of Settlers 2 that I've just bought. It looks fine. The UI looks fine. Like, why do we need a new Settlers game? That's just, you know, come on, guys, developers, make some new stuff. That's what I want to see. I want to see some new franchises, new things, not just remakes and rant over. <laughs> okay, that's the news. So let's get into the main part of our show. Okay, and this week's topic is we're just going to catch up because <laughs> it's been a little while since we've done a podcast together. And yeah, we, we don't have a, a sort of game mechanics related topic or a specific game to discuss this week. So we're just going to figure out what it is that we've been doing. Uh, I think one of the most significant things that's happened in the Forex gaming world in the last week is literally a few days ago, uh, we've got uh, a preview copy of Distant Worlds 2 to show off to the world. And the game is looking pretty good put up some videos on youtube and rob's put some videos up on youtube the uh I'm, I'm thinking the game is in a pretty good state we've got about six weeks i think until it releases it might be near its closest two months i forget the exact release date now but the graphics are looking good the performance is looking pretty good i've noticed a few little lag spikes here and there i understand that that's uh that's in they're working on that at the moment but yeah the the game the game is there we were able to show off the mortalin and the Akdarians. the rest of it is still covered under an nda uh, presumably because they're just working on bits and pieces for that the two factions that we were able to show off are looking pretty good all the story elements are in there there's plenty of content the one thing i will say about it before we get into a discussion about it is that it's quite hard to show distant worlds off to you know in a short space of time right so i, I did a I, I rushed to get a video out on the day that the, the embargo dropped after we got the key for the uh, for the preview copy and like Rob was keen for us to get a video up quite quickly. I spent a whole half an hour just going over the UI because I really thought that, particularly in the Explorminate community, the thing that people would really be kind of interested to see is the UI because that's absolutely the most the most prevalent criticism that I see about Distant Worlds Universe was the or is the is the user interface. So um, I, I spent quite a long time going over that, but rob actually just jumped straight into gameplay so if you want to go and watch somebody just kind of play and you know get your make take your own impressions without some boring guy like me kind of rambling on over about you know your user interface stuff then go and check rob's video after about episode three of my series i think i, I kind of just start playing really so if you if you persist with it for you know for about an hour <laughs> then uh, i actually just start playing too just like rob so but yeah, what have you, have you guys had a look yet? And I'm interested to know what you think about it. Yeah, I think UI changes are a lot better. I know a lot of people 
I think more to do with video compression of complaining about the text, but from what I've seen, it's, it's a lot more improved. My actual issue is with the, the graphics themselves. I think, granted, it's not going to change at release, but I think they really need to work on the graphics themselves. Because I find the again, I'm only getting an impression from YouTube compressed things, but I find the, the backgrounds a bit too colourful, maybe. Again, my issues since I've started seeing the screenshots is a lot of the shading is just a lot of flat lighting. There's no, it's almost like there's no shaders on it. It's just flat light, which gives it a very early 2000s 3D kind of look, which uh, at the moment I'm not particularly liking. But having the text readable without having to change the zoom level on my windows every time I play well, is the main thing I'm looking forward to. Uh, the other thing I'm not too sure about is how the new ship builder works. Previously, you could just basically, you had the size limit and you could just put any amount of what type of modules you wanted as long as it was in within that weight limit. Now you actually have hard points. Can you, are you allowed to talk to that? What do you think, what do you think about that change and do you think it's better or worse or, I don't know. I'm still on the fence about it personally because the way, I guess, you know, I've been playing the game for, what is it, 10 years or whatever. So I've just been used to designing my ships a certain way. And, you know, at the start of the game, you just, all your scouts, you just put shit tons of vengeance on them and nothing else. And from the look of, looks of it, you can't do that now. You can't min-max the max speed of your ships and stuff like that. The ship designer, I think, is a lot better. And the reason is... There was a lot of boilerplate crap that you had to do in Distant Worlds Universe to get things working. So that you still have to add uh, crew systems and uh, which uh, environment uh, is it? Just crew systems habitat, now? Habitat and habitat. life support. I think yeah. So they've like they've rolled that into crew systems now, if I remember right. So they've they've kind of like cut down on some of the stuff that you had to do that was kind of annoying. You still have to balance that out, and that's part of the that's part of the design process. I don't mind that. I like that. I think it's you you know it gives you the opportunity to. Do you want a ship that's that's got more engines and faster, or do you want a ship that's you know that has tons of guns? You can still like people will have only seen the starting escort ships and things like the you know the construction ship and the research ship so far. N- neither myself, Rob, Eric, or Daz, or anybody who's been playing it. I mean, Daz might. Have, I know Daz did some quite long Twitch videos, so he might have got further into the game. Nobody will have been showing off the mid to late game stuff where you get some truly truly massive ships. And they've got lots of hard points. And what's what, the way that it works now is you'll have various types of, like, say, a cruiser or various types of destroyer hulls. Some will have more engines on them. Some will be will have more sensor, you know, kind of sensor points. And some will be more focused on shields and weaponry, that kind of thing, right? So it's it, I think it's kind of more interesting now because, yeah, you can't just build, like, a ship with, like, 25 crew systems and nothing else. But that... Like nobody did that after a bit. Once you kind of got over the, oh, wow, I can build anything, it quickly became apparent that there were certain things that everybody always did anyway. And that's one of the reasons why people can't play Distant Worlds Universe without a guide, because it's just, you know, like, what am I doing here? Uh, And then once you realize, okay, well, the meta is now, I build a, you know, in Distant Worlds Universe, for example, the meta is that you, you strip off your initial. A space station you take off all the guns and you just fill it with um research points they've just removed like gamey stuff like that and i don't I, I think that that's really good i think that's a great design decision yeah it it kind of takes away the fact that you might be able to build a completely useless station that's just full of cargo or something like like why do you need to do that okay I just you can still kind of do stuff like that you can still there's still a lot of leeway for building stations and ships in the way that you want you can still make you know, you could still turn a mining station into a, a sensor post if you want. It's not limiting you in that way. All it's doing is, with things like limits on hard points, it's just giving the it's giving the game much more. I think it's just making it a little bit more focused. It's, but I don't. I really like. I saw one of the comments on the YouTube. I was either on Reddit or YouTube, and people were like, "Ah, oh, this is just that same old. It's just the same old ship designer from Master of Orion." It's like it's not. <laughs> it's so different. Master of Orion was. Really, you know, it's a, by the way, the, the ship designer in Master of Orion is absolutely brilliant. It's really, really good, and it's still quite complex for a, you know, for a Space 4X game. There's games that have come since that haven't been anywhere near as good as that. But Distant Worlds Universe allows you much more customization options. Sorry, Distant Worlds 2 allows you much more customization options than that. So, 
I think people need to play it really, or you know, to watch people who are playing it. And then you, when you start seeing the later cruiser text, like for example, the there there will be like a technology for cruisers, and then later on down the tech tree, and bearing in mind that the tech tree is a little, is partly randomized now if you want so you might not get this tech for a while but then there'll be another one like you know uh, i forget what it's called now but it'll be something along the lines of specialized cruisers let's say and that will then give you a load more hull types like three or four more hull types and they're all they're all different you know they're they're subtly different but they're different enough that it makes a difference like you know one will have much many more engines or it might have like an extra engine slot one will have more guns you know uh, you know more, more shields whatever and it gives them a more specialized role so I feel that it's actually it gives you more flavor. You know, Drexy and I are both musicians, right? And um, this is this is a kind of common this is a common rule of thumb when it comes to any kind of arts that limitation drives creativity. So if you've got an endless canvas with an endless palette and you've got you know you've got all the world's possible ideas in front of you, it actually can be really hard to do anything with that. Whereas if you've got a little bit of limitations, like okay, this week I can only paint in oils and I can I'm only using five colors instead of all of them actually that's when you start getting creative and i feel that it's the same with distant worlds uh, distant worlds too i you know and without a guide you are lost in the sea of the ship creator in distant worlds universe and that really isn't so much of a problem in this game <laughs> i have to admit um basically i used to have all my well i still do but i had all my sh- uh, starting ship designs saved so every time i start the game i would just load them in and I can't remember why I had I had to reinstall uh, Distant Worlds too. I think when I changed OS from I can't remember from Windows Seven to Windows Ten, and I lost all those, and I, I had to go around searching around for guides and stuff and people's videos because I just couldn't remember how I, I had the perfect starting cruiser and the, sorry the per- yeah. perfect starting scout and perfect uh, starting stations and whatnot. <laughs> Because for so long I would just go in and oh, I had a folder with like uh, sort of uh, all the different designs and stuff. I would just load them up without even thinking about them after a while. <laughs> so, well. yeah, I guess uh, this system will actually help with that, I guess, because you just not got, oh, God, uh, how do I balance the amount of thrusters to engines to whatever? <laughs> Hey, look, this, I mean, you've just illustrated my point perfectly. Like, what's the point in having that big system if people are just going to use the same design over and over again? And that really, I mean, okay, I don't mean to insult anybody's intelligence. I'm sure there are people who came up with some crazy ship-like types. Like, I, in Distant Worlds Universe, I did some really interesting stuff with, you know, stealthy ships that were that had big range uh, radar on them so that you could, you could, like, advance scout. And, you know, I use all sorts of different types of ships. So people use mining ships for that, right? You can still do that in Distant Worlds in Distant Worlds 2. So they haven't removed that ability to really heavily customize stuff. And there is still, you know, for those, for those uh, mathematics heads out there who love to really min-max everything and balance the ship thrust and, you know, with the exact weight types and, you know, getting your energy collectors perfectly balanced. But, you know, it, it's, it's all still there. It hasn't changed in that respect. Um, all it's done is it's it i think it's given you some yeah some limitations that will enable you to be a little bit more creative rather than just having this endless palette with you know endlessly scaling ship sizes i mean really the different this, the different ship types in distant worlds universe really were just there for the ai to be able to figure out what to do with them when they when it was playing the game that's really all they were there for uh they you you know uh, other than giving you something that you know a tech tree to kind of work through and I, I just think that Distant Worlds 2 is a much more elegant design. I've seen some criticism from prominent Distant Worlds experts, I'm going to say, inverted commas, um, you know, people who really love the game, played the hell out of the original, and have said that they feel that the, the new system isn't much different. So and when I say it isn't much different, as I mean, they feel that it's still got some of the same problems that the original game had. Like, you know, this, I don't know, I, I feel like what, you know, in, in the programming community, we call boilerplate code, which is, you know this the, the same stuff that you have to type in every time in order to get a simple function to work right so distant worlds you, uh, 2 seems to have stripped out a lot of that so for example yeah having to have balancing your um your life support and um, hub modules and all that kind of things there's still a little bit of that but it's it's much lessened and that's that's great news because it just means there's just less clicking basically so uh, people will make of it what they will right 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I mean, from a UI, UI standpoint, it seems a lot better, a lot clearer. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I am just looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, I, I'm, I unfortunately did not get into the beta, so <laughs> I'm like, still salty I'm about like that, aren't you? Well, yeah, a little bit. But <clears throat> I'm actually just like really desperate to play. <laughs> well, there's, so it's there's not long to wait now. A month and a half or something, is it? Something like that. There's not long to wait. Um, so. You talked about the graphics. I think the graphics are basic compared to many modern games. That's absolutely true. Like if you look at something like Star Ruler 2, which came out five years ago, six years ago, whatever it is now, it looks it the graphics are much higher fidelity, you know, with all those fancy lighting effects. And, you know, it doesn't even stand up to some of like older games, like by a lot. That said, the game is designed to have hundreds and thousands of ships, like thousands of ships, all flying around on this map all at once. So I think that considering that it is designed with performance in mind and to have, to have like you know genuinely huge fleets i think it's uh it's still a pretty te- impressive achievement uh, but i i hear you on that i think that i think if you look people people shouldn't be buying distant worlds 2 hoping for it to be a visual feast it's not that kind of game it's it's a slow you know it's a relatively slow paced super detailed simulation you know space 4x game it's quite unlike anything else in its scope. The only other game that really comes close to it in terms of complexity is something like Shadow Empire, I'd say. Uh, you know, it's it's a really, really complex game, but now it's just more accessible because it's just easier. It's the graphics are better, basically. It looks better. You can you can there's still some nice cinematics in it. Like when Eric was showing off the uh, you know the fleet battles early on, even then it looked pretty cool. Like you want to see what it looks like now, it's loads better. Uh, just need to get to a point in the game where we can kind of show off some more of the bigger battles and some of the you know how it, how all the battle the, the combat stuff works like yeah you can you can start a campaign like halfway through like you know developed empires and stuff uh the reason why i didn't do that in my own let's play was because i felt that because i wanted to focus on the ui and just kind of play it a little bit it might be more fun just to play right through but uh, and, it, and it's already a complex game right so if you jump into an already complex game with all the automation turned on you know 20 20 colonies and you know 10 fleets full of 20 ships each that's a that's going to be overwhelming for somebody you know who's just coming to the game to see what it's all about but saying that it might be an idea just to you know maybe do that just so people can see some of the bigger fleet battles as far as the user interface is considered i think it's way better i didn't really have a big problem with the one in, with the user interface in distant worlds universe even though i know it's like something that i think the biggest be complaint what, was the scaling really the it scaling. was the scale it was so I'm, just, I'm going to address this quickly i want to try and do it without sounding condescending or insulting to anyone there's always going to be an element of the internet that are picking up on old issues and you know they're not really looking very closely at the new stuff and just carrying on those old complaints i think i don't think that's being insulting to say that there's always salty people on the internet who are just going to complain no matter what however there has been some very very earnest genuine and well thought out criticism made of the of the ui in distant worlds both the distant world universe and the new one so that's I'm not taking that away from anybody. I think there's there are valid complaints to be made. Okay, I think the new UI is absolutely great. The fact that you can scale it up, it makes it much more readable. So and I'm, I I actually did a video on the UI scaling last night and I posted it up. And you know, one of the main critics that I saw of the user interface, at least on Steam, was uh, Oliver, who who used to write for Explominate and very very intelligent person who thinks very deeply about games. And he re- he was like, oh, I don't like this font. I didn't like it in Distant Worlds uh, Universe. I don't like it now. And when I posted up the the video that I made of the UI scaling feature, he was like, Oh, oh no, that looks loads better now. Like he goes, I can see that. He goes, Well, that you know. So so he was he felt much more happy about that issue. Now there are other people who I've seen who are still going. They're just going on about the font itself. And uh, again, I don't want to go on about this, but like I some I sometimes have to put because i've got issues with my eyes sometimes i have to play games where i've got no like i don't wear my like, glasses or contact lenses or i might just be wearing one contact lens because one of my eyes is feeling janky or i'm tired and i have to literally put my head like six inches away from the monitor screen if i'm even going to hope to see like text right if i haven't got glasses on um and you know i get blurry eyes and all that kind of stuff so i've got eye i got eye issues right i'm short-sighted like heavily and i can read that font fine I don't have dyslexia, but I think if you've got dyslexia, right, you're not going to be able to read any font unless it's a dyslexic, you know, it's a font that's designed for dyslexia. 
so what I'm trying to get at is I don't I just don't see this issue with this font that people are talking about. I, I saw you know some guys going, I'm a UI designer, and I think this if I did, if I designed this font, I'd lose my job. It's like no, you wouldn't. <laughs> stop lying oh, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that font i i do you know what I, what I might do i might actually go through some of the space 4x games that are in existence so far and show the fonts that are in those games next to distant worlds 2 and people are going to see how it's basically exactly the same it's it's almost exactly the same as like the one in solaris it's like like you know instead of space genesis remnants of the Pre- they're all like they're, they're all readable like i just think that i don't know I think but, people just got being a butt because the previous game was so old and the scaling wasn't great for modern monitors and they've just got... That's their ex, that's always been their excuse to not playing Distant Worlds in the past. So I think they've just sort of harped on to that now and it's just something for them to moan about. Oh, I'm not going to play that because of this previous issue that's not an issue anymore. Yeah, I, 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 look, again, I don't like... It. Never insult your audience, and I honestly, I don't mean this in a disrespectful way. There are always a small percentage of people who will do just that. They haven't, they won't have even bothered looking at the new stuff. They're kind of just carrying on with the same old complaint because, because Steam is full of salty people, basically. And you know, I don't think that's going to insult anybody here to say that. Like we all know that. Like I've been that. I've been that guy. <laughs> I've been that that sort of salty troll in the past. Like we've all done it. Um, but I, I don't. But uh, I think that the, there has been some genuine criticism made. I've looked kind of closely at it over the last couple of days and tried to get my head around where it's coming from. And other than accounting for different p- differences in human perception, like the way that we physically see things, I can't really, I don't get it. I don't, I just, I think I can understand it when, for example, Oliver was looking at the, the way that the font was presented with the, you know, with the medium-sized UI scaling as in the game as was on 1440p and saying he struggled to see it. Um, and then, you know, w- once he saw the UI scaling to the very large size, he was like, oh, I can read it even on a phone. I was like, man, if you can read fonts on a phone, <laughs> it's, there's nothing wrong with it, okay? Yeah. That's, that's the way I see it. But the original Distant World universe was made so long ago, it wasn't designed for, you know, even 1080p. Like, it, it sorry, 10, uh, 1080. It wasn't designed for that. You, if you want to play that game now, you have to do some jiggery pokery with, you know, setting your desktop size or Windows UI scaling, that kind of stuff. If you want to get it, you know, so that you can actually read it, then if you're looking at, at what is it, a 10, 12 year old game, I can't remember how old the game is now, but you know, maybe 10, 12 years now. If you're looking at a 12 year old game that was designed for, you know, six, I can't remember whatever, you know, the, the it's probably about 1280 the, was like the, the 1280, I think. I think it was I like think, 2008, think, 2009 or something, the original. That game. sounds about right. It's about 12 years, about 10, 11, 12 years. So if you think about the, you know, what the, yeah, like you say, it was 800 like by 600 might, was even relatively common then. So that, you know, it's kind of an old, old game and people are trying to upscale that and look at it on a 14 you know on a 4k monitor yeah that ain't gonna work that's not the font okay it doesn't matter what site what what the font looks like you're not gonna see that you're gonna be squinting unless you've got 2020 vision or you, you know your your distant relatives interbred with a hawk or something you know <laughs> if i can read that man you've got to be able to read it because i got my eyesight's awful <laughs> Hey man, should we talk about something uh, Sean can talk about? <laughs> we're, we're keeping him up and uh, we're talking about a game he's never played. <laughs> Hi guys, I'm Sean, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, well, one that I've been playing that I put in my end of year article, but uh, I didn't actually have access to at the time is Regiments. They came out with an operations, well, a new build with this mode called Operations after early this year i think it was it was early january sometime and i've been getting into that and finally got off my backside and started putting some videos of it up on the channel i'm quite enjoying it like i'm not really a war game kind of guy i I guess i'm just too much of a casual for that i don't know it's it's something i want to enjoy but it sort of feels like the difficulty curve on them is more like a cliff and it's just when i have the time and the inclination to get into it i'd like to get back and get into like the war game games this feels kind of like somewhere between a war game and like a regular real-time strategy game it's sort of like oh, i got world in conflict vibes from it and then i had um someone said to me i oh, should play steel division it's kind of like that and then i had a go at that and i was like yeah it's kind of like that too it sort of seems like it's both and i'm actually kind of into it like it's okay I, I went and had a look back a little bit and poked into the developer as well apparently the developer used to be a modder for war game and then 
something happened. I think like they they patched Wargame Red Dragon and it it wiped out all of their work and they got the shits and they decided to go and make their own game and that's what this is. I'm really quite into it. It's fun. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I've had a look at that. I haven't played it myself. I watched uh, I watched Arch uh, do a video on it and. Okay, so my opinion on it is this. I never played Wargame, by the way. I, I really want to try it. I've heard it's really cool. I think if I'm going to play a game like that, I'm probably going to play something like Combat Mission, which is, you know, a, a real simulation, you know, simulation war game. I mean, and I don't mean the, you know, I don't mean the game war game. I mean, the, the genre war game, kind of turn-based or real-time, but you're kind of, you know, it's a map control game. I just think that, like, from what I could see from what Arch was playing and he kind of agreed it doesn't really seem to know whether it wants to be an rts or whether you know like an rts where you can just instantly call in artillery strikes you know and you know you're moving your troops without much of a command uh com- you know command penalty or communication issues or anything like that it doesn't really know whether it wants to be that or whether it wants to be a real war game so it's kind of halfway between the two am i right in thinking this is a microprose game yeah that's right it's published by microprose yeah it look it looks very much like a microprose game to me and you know they 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 do well with blending playability with realism so i think if they can get that balance right it's going to be a big success that's my opinion i think if they can get it right like arch was clearly enjoying it he was like i can't remember what he was saying now but he was like look at this this is like so janky but i, I don't know why but i'm really enjoying it it's just really good fun and uh, you know i i wouldn't always necessarily you know i don't know let's say i've got a couple of hours to play a game i wouldn't always necessarily think oh i'm gonna go play combat mission now or Armored Brigade, you know, because they're, they're pretty heavy games and they require a bit of setup, whereas that looks like it might be a little bit easier just to pick up and play and yet still be complex enough that it's it's not like Command & Conquer, you know? Yeah, I think that seems to be what they're going for is a balance between the developer is striving to make a fairly accurate simulation of Cold War battle tactics. So he's trying to do that, but then also mesh it with a with game mechanics you know make it make it a fun game to play but then also put in the mechanics and i i think for the most part they've done a pretty good job like i found i think i watched that arch video as well and i think he said the same thing entrenchment seems like ridiculously powerful like you could sit there for five minutes wailing on something and it doesn't die but then occasionally you can kill something really quickly yeah so that that i found a little bit annoying at times but mostly i'm enjoying it a lot yeah and the operations mode seems really cool i don't know if that's going to be the campaign or how that's going to work or if they like they've sort of seemed like a mini campaign like they might release a bunch of these as different chapters and then you could add more on as you go i've played the first level like four times before i started recording anything just so i could try and get a hang of the gameplay and every time you play it the ai does something different and i don't know if you saw what i put up in the video or not but they're not a complete pushover either either that or i'm just bad at it i don't know but it's medium i'm playing on medium difficulty and they're not really a pushover you know they'll they will fight back and they will i've i've had advances completely stalled over and over again i think there was one 20 minute because it's in 20 minute phases there was one 20 minute phase where my attack was completely stalled like three times when i was trying to push for a point so they don't muck around what kind of state is the game in at the moment would you say you do you think it's looking good yeah, I think it's in a pretty good spot. Well, the last build they put out was mid last year, and that was a demo, and it only had the skirmish mode, which I also quite enjoyed. But what they've got now is it's had a, some major changes made to it. You know, the mechanics are more in depth. Now they've got things like obstructions and strong points and AA turrets that you can build. And there's, you know, they've now got that entrenchment mechanic, like they've got like a cover mechanic kind of thing. And. There's uh, there's a lot of changes that have been made in the last six months, so I think it's in a pretty good spot. I don't know what they've got in the way of content at the moment, but uh, at the moment, all we know is that it's supposed to be due out sometime in 2022. Like it was originally due out, I think, late last year, and they've pushed it back. So, yeah, I, I don't know when it's due out, but I think is if they if they take what they've got now, like they'll be getting a ton of feedback from the playtest like i've been in their discord they've got a he's got a google form there and everyone's been just throwing tons of feedback at it so i think if they act on that like i, I don't know if there's a hell of a lot that they need to change but I'm, I'm not an expert on it but if they do that you know add in more content with these operations i think they could have something there any thoughts on that drex uh i haven't looked at it to be honest <laughs> <laughs> i need to watch your videos but yeah I, i've never really been able to get into those war that war game. I always found them, yeah, a bit too arcadey for me, but this sounds like it's a little bit deeper. I prefer the sort of board game type of war games, to be honest, rather than 
RTS. That said, I did download this uh, Beyond All Reason, which is supposed to be like a remake of Total Annihilation. I haven't actually played it yet, but I'm actually looking forward to playing that because I used to love Total Annihilation back in the day. So that's another RTS I've been looking at personally. I did actually have a bit of a poke around with that the other day. It was only for like half an hour. Yeah, it's it's kind of cool actually. I I got my butt handed to me eventually because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. But how, uh, there's how, some stuff in there. How is it in development? That's... Is it still early or is it really playable or what? Oh, it's totally playable, but I don't know how far in development it is. Like it's it's all functional. It it feels like visually, I don't think it's really that impressive. But I'm kind of okay with it. Like it's all top down, and you, know, you can see units and you can mostly differentiate from them. You can zoom in anyway, but they all look. I don't know if it's meant to be intentional or not, but they all kind of look like work in progress, even though I don't know if they actually are or not. Right, because I just uh, stumbled upon it on Reddit, and that's the first time I heard about this. I was like, oh, Jesus, I didn't know whether it was new or it's been around for a while. Or uh, Total Annihilation was one of my favourite games. Um, and it was actually probably the... I think it might have been the first PC game that I bought. So that must have been 1997. I guess I think that was right. I think it was 1997. Yeah, because that came out. I was living, I had a uh, housemate and he bought a PC and we used to actually play. uh, He bought his first PC at that time and we actually used to play over the network. We used to play against each other on that. So, yeah, I've got a lot of fond memories of that, actually. Oh, nice. And that that was about 97. That would have been around 97, yeah. I remember because it was I bought my first PC with the wages that I'd saved from my first job. Not my first job, but it was my my first kind of job that wasn't just working with my dad as a as a builder's mate. And I was working in a supermarket, and I saved all this money, and then I got this PC. And then, yeah, I think Total Annihilation was the first game that I bought, and I was like, blow! I couldn't believe how good it was. <laughs> I couldn't believe that games had got that good. Like, you know, I just I just remember thinking, what. Why? Why have I always been playing consoles? Why am I so poor? Like, why haven't I had a PC before? This is the best thing ever. So I'm just reading into this. It looks like this Beyond All Reason thing. It's still in alpha, but it seems to be pretty stable. They're holding tournaments and stuff, so it must be in a pretty good state. Is it a straight remake of Total Annihilation? Then I wouldn't say it's a straight remake. No, it's supposed to be kind of like a spiritual successor. Like they're going for a similar sort of vibe. It looks like there's a lot of comparisons being drawn between it and total annihilation and subcom like there's they're sort of drawing comparisons to both so yeah i for the, for the little i've played of it it looks really interesting too and all the i think they're saying all the all the ballistics and stuff they're like physicalized too so it's it's not just it's not hit scan kind of thing so it's pretty cool to watch like if you're firing artillery it can miss and that kind of thing i think if i had one wish it would be at least one gaming wish it would be that i could be bothered to play subcom again because that is like the it's the best RTS ever made in my opinion. It's so good. It's just like it's just a little bit much for me these days. I just can't really be bothered to kind of spend three hours being stressed out. <laughs> it's like such a long game. <laughs> Talking about being stressed out, although I wasn't. You've started a Blood Bowl two league. Yes, we have. Right. So we've for ages. I've been trying to get people on the Explorminate uh discord and some occasionally i'll jump into the steam group as well and hey does anyone want to play blood bowl and i usually get like a couple of people and then it doesn't really happen so um i'm i've been playing blood bowl for years i played it tabletop like back in the early 90s and my 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 younger brother is a big big blood bowl fan as well so um yeah we've we've got this set up and we finally got loads of players like we've i think there's about We've had about 10 people sign up now. So if anybody's interested in coming and playing Blood Bowl 2, we're gonna, yeah, we're going to be playing on Blood Bowl 2. We've started getting a ladder going. It doesn't really matter what time zone you're in because we've got people from all over the place. So come in and come and play. We've got, we've got some really experienced players. We've got some new, we've got complete newbies. Hi. Uh, so there's, yeah, right. I played, I played against Rexy last night and, you know, like it was, he was just kind of going through the paces of, of learning how to lose in Blood Bowl. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's always fun like um i i was playing a game with richard york uh, uh last night and it was just hilarious like both of us we were just we were just pissing ourselves laughing for about an hour and a half it was so funny and it like you know it was a really really good game but it was really tense and uh it was a really close match as well and we were just like you know it's just one of those games where i can i can play blood bowl until until the day uh, until the cows come home so yeah if if you want to uh if you want to get involved come join the discord uh, come and talk to me. I'll enter you into the league, and then we can play. Yeah, it was like last night. You said, "Oh, do you want to play?" And I was okay. <laughs> you had to walk me through. Had this is how new I am. He had to walk me through. Had to make a team. But I played uh, the first part of the campaign, like one match, 
before. And I got my ass handed to me. The thing with this game is why I never bought it previously is everyone used to... I always used to see comments about how punish it was and how frustrating it was. And I was getting my ass whooped last night. I was just fucking cracking up the whole time. I finally enjoyed it, actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, if you can learn... To- it's it's an RNG based game and it, and it doesn't hide it. It's you know it shows you all the dice rolls. It's a it's a heavily RNG based game, and it's a game where they like even something as simple as running. Like if you run, you know, you, if you try to move an extra square, you have to roll a dice, and if you get a one, you'll fall over. It's just a sort of endless hilarity, providing you can see. You like I think that sometimes when people have been playing with the team for you know for several months they've leveled it up they've got all these beloved star players and then somebody kills them in a really like you know you, you, somebody just fouls you on the last turn and kills your best player i can understand why people lose their shit over it but you know it's kind of not done to bitch about looking blood bolt especially in the if you play it at a high level like you people never bitch about look you know they just kind of you just take it it's like you know this is part of the game you just got to do it it's kind of like bitching about look playing po- poker you know you just don't really do it I wanted to talk about Conquest of Elysium as well because Conquest of Elysium 5 has had uh, a, a new update and we missed it when we were talking about it in the news. So I just want to go over this quickly. One of the big criticisms, well, one of the criticisms that I had about the game was that I felt that the the battle report system wasn't as detailed as it was in Dominion. So, you know, when you're watching a battle, you want to be able to see who's hit who, how much damage. You do get to see that, but it flies past at such a rate and you couldn't sort it. Well, now they've updated it so that there's actually um, a a battle unit list so you can actually look at individual units and then you can see all the actions that they've taken in the you know in the game so it's so much easier now for you to go into the details and figure out just exactly how it was that one of your characters killed something or how much damage spells are doing or that kind of thing it's such a welcome uh you know a welcome new thing uh they also added a bunch of stuff for battles as well so they've they've got icy terrain now in the battles you can they've they've added cabbages for some reason which is great because i just i just recorded a video for my channel and i showed off i showed off the cabbage patches that they've put into the game now as battle terrain which is great because it completely reminded me of ufo enemy unknown when you had the the sectoids hiding in the cabbage patch like if you're an XCOM player that's such like some really old meme so uh, yeah I, I found that really funny but they've added a load of new stuff as well as always they've always added they're always adding new content this was mostly seems to be like a user interface and fixing bugs and adding little bits and pieces and just just fleshing out the fleshing out the uh, system in general so yeah go check out conquest releasing five it was my game of the year i love it it's amazing yeah i think we should wrap up there i just want to mention a couple quick things i think we've got another episode coming up with daz this saturday right yeah, so I'm gonna, uh, we've got Daz and Richard York from uh, who does stuff for Slytherin. So uh, that's going to be cool because we're going to we've all been we've all got a review copy of Distant Worlds too. So I'm waiting on Slytherin to figure out what it is exactly that we can talk about. But I'm, pre- I'm like I said, I'm fairly sure that we're allowed to talk about the the preview version of the game. Fine. So we're going to talk about Distant Worlds too in a little bit of detail. Uh, probably going to talk about probably talk about blood bowl a bit because i know rich is a keen tabletop blood bowl player uh we're just gonna we're just gonna have a chat we've never interviewed richard before so it'll be good just to get to know him and introduce him to people and he's a, he's a cool guy man he's he's from um he's, he's he's from very close to my hometown we grew up very very close to one another so you might actually see me slipping back into my normal accent because <laughs> like, I, I kind of po- i make myself sound a little bit posh for when i'm doing the uh the podcast but yeah if i start slipping into my derby accent i do apologize the telephone voice Yes, of course. That's right. <laughs> the received pronunciation, don't you know? <laughs> uh, also, me and Rob will be uh, interviewing Steve from uh, Alliance of the Sacred Sun next week. We will be getting um, a special development build, I believe, to play. So I'm actually looking forward to that because, yeah, I've had this game for so long and been playing for so long. And he's, his development team is now seven people, which previously it was just him and I. So... Yeah, and he shared some screenshots of the development build, and yeah, it's looking really good. So I'm really looking forward to that interview, actually, and catching up with him. Yeah, and just see how how it's going, really. Steve's a great guy. I've uh, I've spoke to him quite a lot, and um, the last time I played the game, it looked really, really good. It, it's so different to anything else. Oh, I mean, you should see what he's done now. It's like he's yeah, the screenshots he's been dropping. Yeah, awesome. I'm I'm looking forward to it. All right, guys, I think we're going to wrap up there. Uh, yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, managed to get together with all the different time zones. and <laughs> Yeah, sorry this episode has uh, taken a while to come up. But, uh, yeah, hopefully we've got a lot more content coming. Um, 
Yeah, and plus we've got, in a few weeks, I think we're doing the Galactic Civilizations 4 as well. So, yeah, a lot of things to look forward to. All right, this has been Jexy, Sean, and Ben from Explorminate. See you later, guys. See ya. Bye.